This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Fitz, and if you don't know who I am, here's a quick bio. I'm a veteran sports journalist who writes, does TV, radio, and is a longtime podcaster. Also, I have stage four prostate cancer. During the initial stages of the 2020 pandemic, my doctors advised me to stay at home. But now, two years later, I'm not only healthy, but I've been declared in remission. But I'm still continuing this podcast, during which I'm calling the many friends, athletes, coaches, and colleagues who I've met throughout my 30 years in this industry. And now I'm also calling some new people to make some new friends. Oh, and I'm hitting the record button. Welcome to my life and the Life of Its podcast. When this new season of Life of Fitz kind of snuck up on me, I knew I wanted to get at least one Kansas State assistant football coach on the podcast with me. Because when I started this three years ago, I didn't know these guys that well. But I'm a big energy guy. I kind of pick up good, bad energy. And the guy I picked to start my tour of the assistant coaches was Van Malone. And it's for one reason. I love Van's energy. He just brings it. He makes you smile. He makes you feel good. He's blunt. He'll put it all out there. He doesn't hold back, but he often does it with a little humor involved. So as we kind of turn our attention to more of Kansas State sports in this edition of Life of Fits, we're going to bring in Van Malone. And Van Malone is the associate head coach for Coach Chris Kleiman. He's a veteran coach. That means he's getting older, younger than me, though. He's only 51. And Van's been through a lot of jobs. Started his college journey in coaching at North Dakota State. Isn't that interesting? Western Michigan, North Texas, Texas A&M, Tulsa, Oklahoma State. SMU, where he was defensive coordinator before spending a season at Mississippi State and then coming to Kansas State to coach cornerbacks. So usually I call someone right now, but Van has been trying to call me today, and we've misconnected a few times. So here it is. When Van Malone and I finally connected two guys in Manhattan, Kansas, to talk. Van Malone, it's good to talk to you. I know you're busy, so don't worry about the misconnection earlier. Well, I'm, I'm going to accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, go, I'm going to accept that as an excuse. My wife just got on a plane and went to Hawaii. What? And uh, yeah, it's, I think it's jacked up. But uh, went on to Hawaii, went to Hawaii uh, on a trip with with uh, some of her friends. So there's like eight ladies. We took a trip to Hawaii. <laughs> And the first thing is, oh. is I'm paying for that. That's first. Yeah, yeah. That pisses me off. But then the second thing is that, hey, man, they're hanging out in Hawaii for a week. Uh, 
Yeah. And uh, the third component, which is the most powerful component for me, is that my youngest son, he has basketball camp. He has track practice. He has basketball practice. He has uh, work. And all of these things are things that she takes him back and forth to. And and now I got to figure out how to get that done. Mm. And uh, mm. so... So, so that is more, That is the most uh, compounding thing. So, the most part of it. She's in paradise, and yeah. you're uh, in in hell. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. That's why Becky and I didn't have kids. Uh, yeah, never taking yeah. our dogs to soccer practice. They wouldn't. Play hey, well. man. I'm just gonna tell you. It's, uh, and so I had to go. I had to go get him today. Like 11:30, he went from nine to 11:30 for one thing. And uh, he had another thing at six this morning, um, and then he has another thing. I believe it's at four thirty, and so he'll he'll be up and down, in and out this whole week. Um, did Did you say six this morning? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, man, that's hey, this. Couldn't you tell him to like steal the neighbor's car or something? I mean, it's not that's well, not convenient. Six in the morning well, doesn't work. Well, actually, the only problem was is that we had a run this morning at six. You know, our guys had, <laughs> and so um, you know that's just the logistical challenge for me is is you know what I'm dealing with. I'm up, you know, but uh, it's just the logistics of it. So, yeah, they had practice from, so I believe it's 6.15 to 8, 8.30. Well, it's all your fault because piano lessons would never be at 6. So if you want to have athletes, this is the price you pay. 100%. That's right. <laughs> well, let's dive into this. Um, okay. What, what is filling your schedule for um, the summer? That is well. We just talked about that for this yeah, week, but <laughs> uh, what types of football coaching things is Van Malone up to this summer? Well, you know the um, um, the camps, of course. You know that this is that moment for us, all the camps, and then um, you know to be able to go and evaluate, to be able to recruit, to be able to spread the brand, the K State brand. That's you know that's kind of one thing, but then. Um, you know, have an opportunity to uh, to grow ourselves as coaches is another thing that we do in these moments is, um, you know, so have an opportunity to, to um, go to clinics, have an opportunity, to, I say go to clinics, do clinics online are some of the things that, you know, we're able to do. Uh, and that's kind of things that I've, I've done um, for K-State and for our team uh specifically uh we're trying to continue to find more and more ways ways to grow relationships with our players uh so that's kind of a, a part of it we're having, with with this week being um juneteenth here in manhattan a celebration of that we're doing everything we can to kind of help our guys be a part of that help our guys help our team um jump into the community so all the events that that Manhattan has throughout this week for uh Juneteenth we're kind of encouraging our guys and coaches will you know attend a couple of these events uh, but encourage our guys to take part um 
if, if nothing else to learn, uh, but then also to interact more, you know, with the community of Manhattan. And so that's another thing that we got going on. And then, you know, uh, for me having an opportunity to speak at the, at that Encore uh, conference was, was pretty cool for me. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just, just continuing man to, to grow by, what I like to do is I like to uh, interact with young coaches, you know, a lot of coaches from around the country interact. Once we have a camp, we go to these mega camps, you have an opportunity to meet a young guy. And then, you know, from that, from that introduction, from that interaction to be able to grow the relationship, you know, to, to, to help that guy, um, advance in his career, you know, uh, know, those are the things that, in a big, big, big nutshell, those are the things that are happening for me this summer. Those mega camps um, that are that just kind of popped up all over the country now. How important are those for you guys, and how do they? How much easier is it to use your own Kansas State camps to evaluate talent as opposed to one that's got I don't know ten to thirty schools hanging out? Well, I, I think that you know there's a place for there's a place for both of those in in the landscape. Right, you get kids on your campus here at Kansas State to to uh, experience Manhattan, to experience our our campus. There's nothing better than that uh, when it comes to recruiting. When it comes to evaluating, there's nothing better than you being able to wrap your arms around the kid to be able to have him come to your campus, do the drills that you want him to do. You, you can't say enough about that. Mm-hmm. But then the mega camps, there's, you know, you, you get an opportunity because of the fact that there are 30 schools there. You get an opportunity to evaluate players that you might not have been able to get right. to Manhattan. You know, you get an opportunity to evaluate players that we might not be recruiting at Kansas State. Uh, but then if you have the experience of evaluating that player, maybe you'll see something that you didn't know you missed. You know, you, you we're not evaluating kids from um, Memphis, Tennessee. But if a kid from Memphis, Tennessee is at a mega camp because a school from Tennessee is at that mega camp, then, you know, maybe maybe it's, it gives you an opportunity to, to, to find a, a, a player who may be a fit athletically, but then you got to take it to the next step and begin to evaluate if he fits uh, from a social standpoint, if he fits academically, you know, and then, um, you know, you move forward from there. So I think there's a, there's, there's a positive point to both of them. And then there's also drawbacks to both as well. When you uh, started describing how busy you are, um, you mentioned the importance of cohesiveness within a, a team unit. In the recruiting process, is that really hard to judge if this kid will fit in, if he's going to um, kind of mix into the batter here, so to speak, as opposed to uh, be uh, disruptive? Or is it kind of obvious to you when you meet a kid? Yeah, there, there, there are times when it, when it's very clear, it's very obvious, and when it is obvious, then, then we run. You know what uh-huh. I mean? When it's, yep. when it's obvious, it's clear from the recruiting process, from the onset, we run because 
it's not going to work if a kid does not fit your culture, if he doesn't fit our culture. And I think we are we are in a great place. We are in a, a dynamic place with the development, with the installation of our culture, the things that we believe, the things that our players are buying into. And so when you, as a staff, you you try to pay attention to that. You try to pay attention to make sure that you're bringing in the right players, making sure that, that you are bringing in players who, who fit our fit our culture, fit the direction of our program. There are other times when it's not so obvious. You know, there are other times when, you know, kids and parents and coaches, they tell you exactly what you want to hear. They say all the right things. And then, you know, sometimes you get a guy on the campus and he – he he is not, you know, he is not selfless. You know, he does not have a high degree of toughness. He is not disciplined. So, so the values that we espouse um, in our program, he does not, he does not ultimately fit. So then, he most of the time decides to to go to another place. Not to get into this too deep, but the twenty twenty season. Had a lot of things going on, but the culture kind of got off track a little bit in the locker room, didn't it? And it seemed to get wildly corrected last season and and put you on track now to maybe something special in the future. Am I wrong in that assessment or correct? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think that 2020 did. It did a lot to a lot of people. It distorted a lot of things. And so I I think that uh, more than the culture in our locker room, the, the you know what was happening in our world in terms of mental health, uh, in terms of the things that that the players on our team at that time were dealing with, uh, was was quite a challenge. The the things that I that Coach Kleiman and myself and Gene, the things that we dealt with were uh, they they were uh, astronomical, you know, and and. Uh, so I, I would not. I would say that you know our locker room. When you have a new staff, there is a a change that happens in the locker room, right? And and that was as as we went through COVID, that was a part of the change that would have to happen in our locker room for us to be where we wanted to be today, you know, and for mm-hmm. us to be in the direction that we wanted uh, that we want to be going in today. And so I, I, I would not say that um, oh, 2020 was because of a, a, something that was going on in the locker room. It was not only happening in our locker room, it was happening in our world. Correct, yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a frustrating year for everyone. But last year really seemed to put everything kind of back in alignment as a society and for the Kansas State football program. Does it feel like that 2020 season, I don't want to say didn't happen, but – didn't have a lingering effect that you guys got it right back going and and now looking towards a really possibly successful season. You know, I, I always uh, there 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 are so many things that that we learn as a society as a football program, we as coaches individually that we learn during the 2020 season. You know, we we did there are coaches who didn't know how to turn a computer on right <laughs> but then all of a sudden you were doing zoom meetings on and zoom became a word you know you were doing zoom meetings on 
uh, on a daily basis and, and you could not touch your players. You could not interact with them the way you were accustomed to for, for many years of your coaching career. And, to have our, or to have the challenge of being able to convey ideas and and do you know deal with the protocols that we that we had to deal with these players right on on Monday I don't know if I'm if I'm going to play in the game and then yes okay I'll play in the game on Tuesday but then on Thursday no I'm not playing the game <laughs> and that was that was tremendous for your teammate to not know if you were going to be there and uh i mean that was a lot of a lot of challenges daily there were challenges well then when you take those things away you have to look back last season you have to look back and realize how how incredibly fortunate we are that we that we can play a football season without those extreme protocols how fortunate we are that that we made it through and we didn't we didn't suffer dramatically, even though we were in a very rough time in our society. Uh, and so there was a lot that we learned uh, and that we still use today. There are still coaches who use who use Zoom at times to meet. We still use Zoom at times for our staff meeting. But before, we never would have we never would have known about, you know, using those um, those tools. Yeah, it's it's amazing how quickly so many things change in our society. Uh, and one of my things I did um, with the lockdowns in 2020 was to start this podcast, Life of Fitz podcast, where I just call people I've met through my career or friends or right. just other people. You have a podcast that, as far as I can tell, started around the same time in 2020. Tell me about right. your podcast, Leaders Lead and uh, Winners Win and Leaders Lead. Well, uh, my my. Guys, my my um, representatives came to me and proposed this idea to me, and and I initially was against it because I didn't know what a podcast was, <laughs> and I'm a coach. I'm not a I'm not a journalism guy. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't know. You know, I had no clue, and right. so I uh, that was the stance that I took. But they they continued to push me, and they convinced me to give it a try and you know when I did that and I, I just just the the number of people number one that I, I would never have thought that listened to it that watched it they gave me positive responses about you know what they got from it and and that was encouraging empowering to me and so okay all right I decided to keep going with it and you know on that podcast we've had conference commissioners we've had head coaches we had we i mean we had the super bowl uh a super bowl champion coach uh, who's now the head coach at uh, uh for the buccaneers uh and so we've had ad's from all over the country from different levels of football we've had uh people in the business world we've had had a myriad of of guests uh but but all talking really about one thing about leadership talking about how they handle their business talking about how they they grew up in their business and talking about what things they think are important 
in in establishing cultures and in uh, leading people. And it, it's kind of cool that all these people from all these different walks of life and from these different vantage points, they all kind of say the same thing. They just say it in a different way. And that's what's been cool is one person gets it in this way and another person gets it in another way but ultimately they they get the same message and that you know that's like i said it's been far more than than i would have expected uh and but i'm 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 so pleased that that i agreed to do it and i'm so pleased that you know we've had the great guests that we've had on there it's great i i was just listening to some of the the tang one again i listened to it back when it came out uh-huh. How cool was it to talk to Coach Tang? I mean, it just slid right in. It was a natural fit. Whenever you get a guest yeah. for the podcast that pops up, you're like, yeah, that's perfect. I don't yeah. have to go out of my way. It was yeah, it was well, a great podcast. So, and two Houston guys talking about leadership. It was pretty cool. Well, you know, there are some people who, who they come on and it it's uh, it's like, okay, th- we can do this all night, you know, right. but, but this person, he has to, he has to feed his dog or he has to, uh, talk to his his kids or whatever but so you so you can't keep them all night but uh coach tang i mean he's a people person um and and the thing that that i actually my personal experience with the podcast is that you know i research these people and each time i kind of find out something that i didn't know about them you know you know, with Coach Tang, he he just talks about the fact that you know, or he talks about what drives him, and and it's that thing that you know is behind the scenes that his his faith is important to him, uh, and so it's cool to to see that in a coach, and you know that when it's great that he's a K State coach because you know the the players that he's recruiting they're going to be the right kind of players and they're going to fit k-state and when they get here he's going to develop them as young men and and he didn't say that but you can tell when you you know when you're talking to him Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's he fits in so well to everything going on in the the football building too with how he wants right. to develop right. a roster it's it's people first i mean they got to be right. an athlete naturally you can't just right. Right. go get a bunch of boy scouts and put them out there um right. but it, the the themes are so similar between things i've heard you express and coach Kleiman express and as soon as i started hearing Jerome Tang talk i thought this guy's going to fit in great at k state right well you know what this morning <laughs> this morning he and his staff uh, I was I was outside veneer going in and those guys were just walking out you know what I mean and so every time I see him every time I see any members of his staff you know it's always a, a, a 15 20 minute conversation no matter where we are yeah. you know just talking about uh, the things that they're doing talking about the things that we're doing uh, and I think you know that really yeah we're different sports but the relationship, the the opportunity to build culture, the opportunity to pour into these young people's lives, it transcends uh, the fact that uh, you're on the gridiron or you're on the hardwood. It doesn't matter. Uh, and so it's cool, you know, to have have those guys uh, be who they are. And, you know, actually, over the years, it's kind of been the same with, with you know, the, the previous staff as well uh, is that. Uh, you're just excited, man, to, to to lock in with people who are 
trying to do the same things you're doing, right. and they just happen to be in a different sport. Same thing with Vincent Johnson uh, over in track. You know, uh, he's he's a good guy, does a good job, uh, has an opinion on a lot of things, and and I mean, I love that part part about it. If Van Malone could lay out a few key elements to good leadership, what would they be for someone listening? Wow. It's a big picture right there. You know, I had, well, I had an opportunity, which was really cool, which was also like more than I ever realized, but had an opportunity to do a TED talk. I saw that. on, On building a culture. And I, and I think that, you know, the first thing that leaders have to do is he has to, he has to care about the people, you know, who, who are, are with him. You know, he has, they have to be important enough for him to care, you know, and then, and then the next thing that he has to do is he has to be locked into, and, and this is in no particular order, but he has to be locked into to developing something that's bigger than himself, right? He so so I always equated to, you know, you you can tell people the time, or you can teach them, you know, how to how to tell time. You can build a clock, right? And so if you always telling them time, man, you'll be telling them time forever. And then when you leave, they don't know the time. But if you if you build clocks, if you teach them how to tell time. Then, then it can live on forever. You, that's your legacy. And I think, you know, leaders have to be locked into that more so than, you know, than, than any other goals and objectives that you may have is that when when you're done with the program, however it may be, when you're done with the program, they do better than they were doing before you or even with you. And it, and it, and it, and it, it is... It has something to do with you. You know, no matter what happens with this program, as it starts to ascend, yes, this is our staff, but the things that Coach Snyder did here before we did, it, those things will impact the program for many years to come. And I think leaders have to have that that type mindset. Uh, and then the next thing, and it kind of is, is, is locked in, uh, but on our core values is that you have to make sure that that everyone understands that that they are accountable to everyone else. You know, you you have to build a a a spirit, a culture of accountability. Uh, because now I know you can count on me, and you know, I uh, you know you can count on me, and I know that I can count on you. And then and then finally, the that what I said about the leader caring, well, you have to build a triangle of that where the players care about the other players, where the coaches care about the other coaches, and where the coaches, I already said this part, where the coaches care about the players, but the players care about the coaches. And when you have that triangle of of, of family, right, everybody sees it. You know, one thing I, I take great pride in is when our players, they play the game, they look like they're having fun out there. And and they look like they're having fun out there because when Skylar Thompson scored a touchdown, Christian Duffy was just as happy as mm-hmm. if he would have carried that ball. When Deuce Vaughn scores a touchdown, Deuce Green is just as happy as if he scored the touchdown. And so when you have that, when you when you develop that culture, there's no me. It's only we. 
and there's no I, it's just the team, then that, that's the separator, in my opinion. There's so many programs that get highly recruited players, highly rated players, players that go on to the NFL, but right. um, the team as a whole doesn't quite click. Right. In some ways, is that culture, is that family, is that uh, atmosphere in your locker room almost more important than the raw talent you put out there? Because be, holding each other accountable makes you better. It, and it makes you more self-reliant and not looking for someone else to push you. You know, I got to hold myself accountable. Right, right. Well, yeah, your talent, talent loses all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, talent loses all the time because team wins, right? Team wins. There's, this is a team sport, right? And when we say team, we're talking about Coach True. We're talking about Mindy in athletic training. We're talking about Scott Troush in in nutrition. We're talking about the band. We're talking about the cheerleaders. We're talking about the fans. Team wins over individual. Over Deuce Vaughn out there by himself, he can't do anything. Now, he can't do some great stuff, (laughs) but not by himself, right? By himself, he's just average, you know, but with with team, he's great. And and so when you have – team and you have great players who also are team driven then that's when you do special things you you i always tell my players when you care more you give more and the more people that we have who care and who give if we have more than the opponent then we got something and guess what the opponent sometimes will he will be more talented. But if we can commit to, for the moment we are together, if we can commit to being locked in on giving more than they give, then there'll be times in the game, in the season, in the career, where the opponent will give out because the opponent is only by, he's by himself, you know. But we feel like we're stronger because we're together. And and so when when we when we walk our walk, we have to as coaches we have to show our players why why are we better, why why do we have an edge? We have an edge because of our cohesiveness. We have an edge because of our culture. Because when it gets tough in a game, we've been in games where where we've been behind, and it gets tough in the game, and the opponent they let down because for them it got really good. And they start, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they start to unravel because it got really good, right? Mm -hmm. And they have another opponent who starts to unravel because it got really bad for them, right? Well, what we pride ourselves on is staying together through the good and the bad so that at the end of the game, now it doesn't always work out, right? But at the end of the game, more times positively and negatively, at the end of the game, it works out because because we're locked in on on staying together, staying consistent, doing the things that that we've talked about doing, play after play game, and that's what I saw last season is 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 us go through adversity, uh, definitely go through adversity and deal with it, but be able to maintain uh, our goals, our objectives, our values through that. Yeah, it was a it was a fun season. 
except for the Texas game. That kind of stunk. But yeah, uh, it doesn't got, work out every time. No, it doesn't. Um, the bowl game, though, was a nice definitive way to finish off a season. And what does that mean for uh, not just the off season, but now as you creep towards another season? Is there a real tangible momentum that goes with that? Well, I, what we always talk about with bowl games is, is a bowl game is uh, an opportunity to have another spring practice. You know, it's an opportunity to get a lot of younger guys uh, reps. It's an opportunity to play one more game. It's an opportunity to go and have some fun and bond as a team and continue to build your culture. And so there are some definite things that you get out of a bowl game. But once that bowl game is over, it's over. You know, it's over. Nobody cares, right? Now, yeah, we write about it and we read about it and all that, but nobody cares. It's, it's about what what are we doing now? You know, what are we doing? So, so the bowl game, because of the things that happened during the bowl game, during the bowl practice, because of the things that happened that you don't get a chance to do if you don't have a bowl game, you don't have to get a chance to, you don't get a chance to get those young guys extra reps. So if you think about it, you kind of come in like a, a half step behind, you know, cause you didn't get a chance to get those young guys reps where your opponent, maybe they went to a bowl game. So they got those reps. So they come in a half step ahead. And, and so, that's all it. That's all it is, right? People say, "Oh, a bowl game sent us into the season." Man, that bowl game is over. It's done with a long time ago. So, so the momentum and all that from that bowl game. Hey, we're not worried about that. We're now we're focused in on a new season. We're focused in on a new set of goals. Or focused in on a new set of ideals that we have to accomplish here in the 2022 season and 21 was great the bowl game was great but we got our bowl rings that's that's how you hang on to those memories now it's time to make new memories hey it's fitz let's hit the pause button right here and take a little break hey i'm brett podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Let's uh, go back a little bit and tie some loose ends here. What led to the TEDx talk? That that is so very cool. Uh, and what kind of experience was that? Uh, well, you know, it's it's kind of funny that um, uh, one of our players, one of our players' moms, contacted me about um, um, meeting a guy, and I, you know, it was very vague, and um, I. I said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll meet 
this guy. And uh, so I ended up meeting the guy, you know, on, on LinkedIn, of course, meeting him. And uh, we communicated a couple of times. And then he said, hey, let's hop, let's hop on the Zoom. So we hop on the Zoom. And then he kind of told me what his told me about his affiliation with with TEDx. And, uh, of course, again, just being ignorant of the whole TEDx world, uh, I didn't necessarily pay it a lot of attention. But then he st- we started talking about me doing one. And and uh, and so I started wrapping my head around that. And, and, and he kind of gave me the parameters to, to setting it up, hooking it up. And, and uh, again, it's really cool to be able to to do that because I've had a lot of people contact me about about doing that thing. I mean, you know, about the fact that they seen it and how cool it was. Well, yeah, I, you know, to, to do coaching clinics, right, where you talk about football, which is what you do every day, uh, it's cool. But, you know, there's some people out there who have no interest at all uh, in cover two. You know what I mean? Right. But there's people all over, um, all over corporate America, in uh, and, and football programs and in and, and different sport programs uh, who can teachers who can who can grab on to building a positive culture. And so I, was, I, I, I had a lot of fun doing it and uh, am excited that, you know, it's out there for people to be able to learn from and grow from. And I'm just, man, I'm just excited that I could, that I could give that. It's amazing as a fellow old guy, how the pandemic whoa, 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 pushed whoa, 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 us. Fellow yep. old guy. What you, I'm what sorry. You, you crossed 50. Whoa. You, you crossed 50. <laughs> it's in your bio. You got to own it. Um, the pandemic did push us to do other things. Um, right. You know, I had been doing podcasts, but not really self driven you know about me it was always about sports and this podcast is more like that and now you're doing ted talks it's it's kind of been i hate to say a benefit but there's been some benefits that came out of that hellish year of of being locked down and and having to go through so many tests yeah i would agree and that and you know i think in anything you do you can you can look at the bad or you can look at the good of it and and throughout the pandemic um you know, when we when we said, okay, man, we can't meet with our players. Man, the players they have to go home. We can't meet. We can't be around them. Okay, okay. Wh- what can we do? You know, okay. How how can we make this a positive? And so, when you think about coaches, we're accustomed to going out on the grass. We're accustomed to to to, to working through drills and holding the guy's hand and okay, put your hand here and. We're accustomed to, to to going through it in a in a very uh, kinesthetic way, but you, you couldn't you couldn't do that in the pandemic, right? You, you you had to do it on Zoom at times, right? You had to teach from a distance, and then and then when we finally got together at some moments, you had to wear a mask and you had to be so many feet from him. You could you know so so, so you. You, you took your you had to take your coaching to another level it had to be much more descriptive and so and so I think that 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 helped you know that helped some coaches be even better teachers than they were before the pandemic 
That's a good point. It really is. It It is interesting because it's such a contact sport to not right, have right. contact. It was kind of weird for right. a while. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now when the ball snapped, uh, we didn't worry about COVID. Yep. No, that's <laughs> so true. Uh, coaching everything with college sports has changed so much over the past few years. Now you got the transfer portal and the NIL and these are things that are direct threats to that cohesive locker room you guys seek. How has it made your job more difficult, and how has it made it better? Again, you you can look at everything, and you can you can you can file it in in the negative column, or you can figure out how to make the most of the moment. And so, when we talk about the NIL. Right. We talk about the opportunity and I, I say and we try to educate our players to, to keep them operating on the right track. What what name image likeness is about is, is about it is about giving you as the player an opportunity to take advantage of the brand that you build. Right. You build a brand, you build a positive brand. Right. There are things about you that someone may find interesting. There are things about you that a fan may fall in line with, right? You may like like fishing, you know? You may like race cars. You may like anime, right? And so because you are Deuce Vaughn and, and you do great things on the football field, but you also like anime, then, then you have a following not only on your football uh, interest, but in those interests that you have off the field, you know, I like fishing. And so people who like fishing, who identify with K-State, who identify with college football, who identify with the state of Kansas, they may want to lock in with a guy who likes fishing, who's on the K-State team. And so that's what name image likeness is about. In my opinion, it, it is about giving student athletes the opportunity to take advantage in corporate America or to figure out how to start their own businesses so that they can take advantage of the great brands that they build on the field. It's not about like telling the athlete, open your mouth and want to pour money down it, right? It's not about that, right? And so we try to educate those guys on the incredible world of opportunity that NIL gives them, right? And they all can take advantage of it, right? Not just, I always, I'm mentioning Deuce Vaughn, but not just Deuce Vaughn. There's guys up and down our roster who can take advantage of NIL once they figure out once we educate them on how it works in terms of the transfer portal um you know there are reasons that that guys feel the need to 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 transfer the the culture is not a good fit for them they want to get closer to home um all kinds of uh appropriate reasons uh you know that that you, you may feel a guy may feel like he wants to 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 have a new life at a different university um and some of those reasons uh, i would agree with and some of those reasons i don't agree with because i think some of the reasons um that guys may use they don't teach they don't teach them to fight through things right they don't teach them to 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 strap it up and, and hang in there, right? Again, there are very legitimate reasons, but then there are also times when guys will admit, and they have admitted, 
I, I probably shouldn't have transferred from that place as I think about it. But when you open the gate, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, it, some guys, the young guys, their ages, it, it gets some, it gets to be hard to be able to make the right decision. Yeah. It's, there's a lot out there. I mean, there's so many distractions for kids. Um, it, it's just, I don't know how how they're making it through this. I really don't. We had right. such and limited and social media. We didn't have social media. We had limited right. exposure to these things. It's incredible. Right. right. And I mean, there's a lot of guys who, who make the state, make the mistake and jump into the portal because they think that the grass is greener on the other side. And then, and then, you know, no team, no team, grabs them out of the portal and and it just ends up being a, a tough situation and so um like you said I, I feel bad for those players because you know they they just it, sometimes have gotten poor advice you know and then other times it works out it works out really well and so I, i'm i'm not uh, i don't think that um we should uh, do away with the portal. I think it's a it's a it's a entity where there's positives and there's there's also negatives. And we just try to educate our players on on making decisions uh, for the right reasons, uh, so that you don't end up regretting. Yeah, so many kids jump in the portal and not only don't find what what they were looking for. Sometimes they don't find another scholarship, which is just horrible. Right. Um, right. But then you got the stories like Reggie Stubblefield, who comes into the portal from the FCS level, ends up at Kansas mm-hmm. State. A lot right. of people, including myself, are wondering, can he play at this level? The answer was, hell yes, he could play at this level. And But right. more than that, he personally seemed to thrive in this environment. Is he kind of one of those stories you could hold up and say, this is a success of the transfer portal? Yes, 100%, because... When he walked into the door, he was intent on fitting into the court. He made his decision based off of the culture that he wanted to go to. He made his decision based off of the type of coaching he wanted to have. He made his decision based off of all those things that that would give him the best chance to be successful in his own mind. And, um, and so, yes, you hold him up as a success story. And then we have other guys who, who transferred here, not from the FBS level, but uh, excuse me, not from the FCS level, but from the FBS level. And, and they came and, and they thrived in, in an environment that again, that was closer to what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, during during the moments of recruiting, it's so important on both sides for both sides to do a great job of evaluating to make sure that this is these are the people, this is the environment that that I want to you know that I want to be a part of. Not necessarily uh, choosing that environment off of stars, right? For 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 the university, the football program side, and then not choosing that uh, school that you want to go to from the player side just based off of the logo, you know, yeah. based off of the size of the stadium. There's a lot of other things that have to go into it. Your personal journey is um, very common of, of coaches kind of trying to climb the ladder, starting the high school ranks. You, you started, interestingly enough, 
at North Dakota State in the college ranks. And mm-hmm. you work into Oklahoma State, defense coordinator at SMU. You spend a year at Mississippi State as kind of in between coaching jobs, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, and then Kansas State. Did you? What did you know of Chris Kleiman when he called you? How did he call you? How did this all take place? And and when did you know? Yeah, I want to go there. Well, I um, of course have 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 played against Kansas State three other times, wearing three other uniforms. So I had great respect for this program uh, and and had watched it, you know, over the years. But as far as the relationship with Coach Kleiman, he and I uh, were on. The, the AFCA Board of Directors, which is the National Coaches Association. We were on the Board of Directors together for a short time. We we brought him on to the board from North Dakota State representing the FCS, and then he got the job at K-State, so we had to remove him. So, so for that short time, he and I would talk about, you know, North Dakota State and the respect that I had for his program, the respect that I had for uh, you know, what he was doing and how he had uh, continued the success there. And so, you know, we, we had a relationship from that. But uh, when I was at Mississippi State, of course, before Coach Kleiman came, we had played K-State again. And uh, and then and then I was there and at the end of the season when he got the job, I was kind of congratulating him on the job. And, and then, you know, he, he – said, hey, I want to talk to you about, you know, the possibility of, of coming here to K-State. Well, I told my wife about that, and uh, she voted yes three times. <laughs> so um, because, you know, from her perspective, the people of Manhattan, the fans in the stands and how they were and how the students had the passion about their team and, and how did Matt, because we come here, we come here uh, uh, in situations where we were not the 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 rival. We come here in situations where we were not a big time opponent. Uh, we come here in a situation where it was a good game, uh, where where it was a hyped game. But each time the fans were the same, and that was something from that vantage point that was very impressive for me as a coach. You know, I, I've always respected the way the Kansas State team played, and it, it just in the culture of this university. Now that I'm here, I understand that, and so you know, to have the opportunity to to, to be a part of that, I, I I couldn't pass it up. You know, uh, maybe a year ago, I asked you flat out, "Does Van Malone want to be a head coach?" And you said yes. Um, I'm sure I said that flat out. Yep, and uh, he. he I find it interesting that your your climb now has got you to the associate head coach level at the big in the Big Twelve. Are you getting closer? Are, are we getting closer to Van Malone being a head coach? Because I'm rooting for you. Well, I appreciate you rooting for me, um, and I mean, I guess we got to get you some some big pom poms because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, for me, you know, I'm I'm a faith faith based person, and, and I believe that you know God push you in into the places that you are for a reason. And sometimes you don't know the reason. You know, when I coached high school football, I can look back and I can say, you know what? Now I know why I was there. I was there because I needed to help those guys 
get uh, get motivated to to play in the big games. I was at this place because I needed to be there so that we could uh, develop our culture, uh, get us to play harder, whatever those those things that I can touch and feel, whatever those things. But honestly, when you think about it, what if what if I was here to develop a player who one day, 20 years from now, is going to get married and is going to have a son who will have another son who will have a daughter who will do something special in medicine, right? Yep. That's why I'm here, is, is to give that, that one player on our team today, to give him the ideals, the values that he'll give to his son and will pass on to his grandson and eventually to his great-great-grandson. And that's where the benefit will will come to life. I don't know, you know, but I, but I think about it like that, and I think about how important it is to be locked in on 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 who you are with today, to be locked in on what you are tasked to do today, and and understand how important it is. Because again, if if that three generations away. If my impact is 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 going to be felt three generations away, man, it's incredibly important that I get it right. And so I will be a head coach one day because I believe that God gives you he he when you have those dreams and those passions, it, it, it doesn't he gives you he gives you um, the fruit of that. Right. He doesn't right. give you the dream. He doesn't give you the dream, the passion, the drive to be a coach and never give you a coaching job. You know, mm-hmm. people who people are supposed to be coaches, they coach. Right. They may not be coaching here at K-State. They may be at Jimmy John's coaching. You know right. what I mean? But but he gives you the, the drive. He gives you the passion. He gives you the dreams so that so that he can one day give you the opportunity to do that. And so I know that that thing will come, um, but it's just so important that I do what I'm tasked to do here today, which is do all that I can to build this program in the, in the, the path that coach Kleiman wants it to be in, to do all that I can to help him uh, to do that and, and to learn from him. Cause I've, I've had some incredible learning as we've walked this walk. We talk about 2020, man, unbelievable to, to watch him handle the adversities that we that we did. Yeah, it's, you know, when I got diagnosed with cancer, it, I, I am also a true believer in it's not our job to know what the journey is. It's just to trust the journey. And right. um, I thought that that really hit home for me at that time. I don't know why I got cancer. But again, just like what you just said, maybe my job is to you know, educate men on prostate cancer and save right. the right person who's destined right. to do something bigger than die of cancer. That's right. And yep. uh, even That's if it, right. I, I told a buddy, even if it takes me, I'm going to save some lives along the way. So I, I come up ahead right. on the scoreboard. So I'm a big right. believer in that. It, it, people, people push back on the journey a lot and yeah. just yeah. trust well, your I, gut. I, Someone's telling you something. If you trust your gut and stay on the right path and you'll be good. 
I've had the opportunity. I say opportunity. I've been fired as a coach. And so, so when you go through that, you know, you think that it's about you, right? So when you, when you get, when you get diagnosed with cancer and I'm not saying that you did, but a person would say, why me? What, what, did I, Hey man, I'm, God, I'm doing, why, why would you do it for me? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. listen, that's not your job. Your job is to pedal, right? You said it a second ago in a different way, but your job is to pedal the bike. You, you don't steer, you just pedal. And, and as you pedal, you will go through the journey. You will go down the road, right? If you go left or right, it's not your decision, not your job. Your job is to just be present in the pedaling, you know? And, And that's what I try to teach our players as well. When you talk about playing time, right? Hey man. I'll, I'll decide who goes out there. You just be ready when your number is called, you know, and it's, just, it's the same, same operation. And, you know, I think when, when we can accept that we all have roles, when we can accept that, that, that our role is huge to somebody and it may not be, it may not be worth a quarter to us right now, but it's huge to somebody. And if we can take pride in it, if we can accept the the tremendous value in everyone's, right, everyone is just as important as another. I, again, I keep, I call Deuce Vaughn's name, but Deuce Vaughn can't do a thing without Cooper Beebe, you know. And so um, I appreciate you for sharing that. Um, yeah, just keep going forward. Just, just right. keep going. I mean, every, you go through things in life. Do you feel like you've been derailed? Now you've probably just been put on the right path. All right. And you right. don't know. And that, you know, that, that goes to, to me and the, and the walk for, you know, to be a head coach is that uh, my wife says all the time, you'll be a head coach when you're ready. You know, <laughs> when you're ready. Not, not when you say you're ready, but when you're ready. You will be. And And so... I don't say I'm ready much anyway, but uh, but I, I take I hold that to be true. That, you know, when I'm ready, then then it'll happen. Your wife's a wise person. You should probably let her go to Hawaii. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'll be getting the bills for that. Place. And then, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how smart it was. Yep. Well, it's I, great to be in a position where you can do things like that. It's uh, life is indeed right. a journey. It's it's been great talk to you, Van. I appreciate it so very much. Thanks a lot. Glad, thank you for having me. Okay. And I could talk to the guy forever. And if you noticed, folks, I didn't talk much actual K-State football. That's not really what this podcast is about. That's the other stuff I do for GoPowerCat.com. I wanted you to kind of get to know Van Malone a little bit better as he continues his journey in coaching. And I'm 100% sincere when I say, I want this dude to be a head coach. He would be so good for the right program. He would bring so much energy and football knowledge and just goodness to the position. I would be thrilled if Van Malone got his shot to be a head coach. But the journey takes a lot of breaks. And if Kansas State can have a big season, Van Malone and some of these other assistants will certainly raise their profile in the coaching profession. And maybe I'll have another one of those coaches on as we progress through this third season of Life of Fits. And remember, fellas, 
particularly if you're African-American, where your rates are three times higher for prostate cancer. Go get your PSA scored. Get to your doctor. Know your score after age 45. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you real soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.